You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with the heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Father, for this time now, for all the classes gathering, including uh, the children, uh, everyone in this building, bless us all as we uh, turn to your word and uh, find the good news there and what it means for our lives, and especially now as we ponder uh, what that might mean in our households uh, for our families and extended families. Illuminate us and guide us for Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Well, my co-teacher today is my wife, Holly. Um, uh, so last time, if you weren't here, um, I'd suggest it, it could be a good idea to listen to the recording. Uh, we recorded it. There's about a 10, 15 minute gap in the middle that you can fast forward where I ask people to, to look at their Bibles. So really the recording would only take you about a half hour or so uh, to listen to that sort of teed up theologically, biblically what we're going to do today. I think most of you here were last time um, where I just talked about uh, the household as a, a place that God is at work historically throughout the Bible and continues to work. And that sort of uh, sometimes a little bit of a mind shift for us as Westerners, as Americans, we often think on individualist terms. Of course, God does deal with individuals. We see that in the Bible too. But we shouldn't ignore that he works through households uh, as well, uh, sometimes powerfully. And, uh, you know, in American society, I don't know, but if you've ever said anything like this or heard people say this, uh, we don't want to... Um, what do, what do people say? We don't want to force upon our children a particular religion. We're going to let them choose it for themselves. If you're a Christian, that's baloney. Uh, because you should have a mind that says there are no other choices. The other choice is uh, as a pathway to hell. <laughs> and so let's take the proper choice. And we want the best thing for our children. And we know where we're heading. Uh, and they don't have any choice in this, uh, in this under this roof, you know, but, but in a gentle way, not in a legalistic way, uh, but just to sort of wrap them up into this, and, and, and that's just the worldview that they get, because if we don't do that, by the way, something else will, or some other things will, um, and so that's just the kind of biblical theological background to what we want to talk about today, which is what a lot of people, if you kind of... Uh, Look it up on the online. There are some books that have been written recently. People will use the phrase family worship. Um, I've stopped using that except for just to introduce the topic because maybe you've heard that before. And so that sort of gives you a foothold for what we're doing. I think that what we're talking about here today is more than just the family and more than just worship. So I think that those two words are actually limiting, that we could do this with uh, non-family members and uh, that were more than simply worshiping. If all of life is worship, of course this is worship, but there's a lot more going on as well. Um, I won't get into that, but uh, so I think a devotional gathering may be a better thing that I like, although I don't know if that's the best phrase either, so I, won't, I don't want to quibble over words, but something in the arena of a lot like what we do in church on Sunday, but in a more mundane way at home. <laughs> Uh, and perhaps on a daily basis, maybe not, maybe once a week or so. And a lot and so, lower standards. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so I started reading about this a couple of few years ago and thought, I, mean, I really want that for my family. How do I do that? And so we started, I don't know, a year and a half or so ago, tried, 
uh, and it uh, we we've gotten to a place where like I feel like it was it's like going the bunny well. slopes at first, you know. I mean, it was really minimal and bumpy and not every day, and I think we were more easily discouraged earlier on. Um, but now that it's become a habit, it's it's just like showering, you know. You might miss it one day, but you want to do it again. <laughs> Missing it one day, people are not going to notice. Uh, yeah, and so really it's become a fixture in our life. So we do this every morning with our uh, children and us. Monday through Saturday. Monday through Saturday. We don't do it on Sunday because we come here to be with you. And I have got to get up uh, and leave particularly early on Sunday. And we go to church twice on Sunday, so we've got enough because um, we go we go in the evening. Um, and so uh, we what we do is uh, and what I want to say is I'm talking tell, what I what I want to do is de- what I want us to do today is demonstrate what what has worked in our family and for you to take it for yourself potentially because for example the time of day not, might not work for you okay um, uh, but to just sort of give you. Uh, uh, example or the structure that I'm giving you you don't necessarily need to take the structure and use it uh, 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 as is you can modify it as a matter of fact what I've given you we've worked up to right as Holly explained we were on the bunny slopes so we do this uh, Monday through Saturday at breakfast um, we homeschool our children so our morning schedule is probably more flexible than yours uh, we do this at 7.30 a.m. We eat breakfast. I make breakfast every morning uh, because if I don't do it, this won't happen. I make breakfast so that we can do this. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, and so my kids can eat. But, and he really um, likes breakfast. I do so. like breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's an easier meal of the yeah. two big meals of the day to prepare. Um, and uh, and then uh, so uh, when we pray grace, it's the beginning of our family worship because uh, we're gathering, we're sharing a meal, and so not only am I thanking God for this meal, but uh, sort of invocation for our time together of um, reading God's word and singing his praises. Um, and the three fundamentals are, are uh, Bible, prayer, and singing. And uh, a lot of people who talk about family worship talk about that. And I actually got this originally. The thing that stimulated the most for me is this book from Dietrich Bonhoeffer called Life Together. He talks about this in there, that uh, back in in the 40s in Germany uh, or before that with his family, that's what they were doing. And uh, and, and he, he talks about it as if it's just a normal thing. And those are the three components he really talks about is Bible. He emphasizes Psalms, but Bible, prayer, and singing. Um, and so that's uh, and that's what we do. Uh, and so what you have that looks like this is the sort of general liturgical outline of our family's thing. And the colors, sorry, I've only done it in black and white. That's for me because I've got tabs, okay? Just so I don't really look at the opening sheet anymore, but I used to. And I don't don't think this way at all. So if you're like, what? <laughs> don't worry, you can have your own take on it. And I have yeah. thought about how, you know. Because I remember when our kids were in school and we were literally like dragging them out this out to the car, shoving toast in their mouth and putting them in the car. You know, you could read the Bible like it does not take long the way we do it anyway. Just like one story and then send them off and maybe even pray in the car and like at home do a song right after dinner or something like that. You know, where whatever's going to work for the rhythms of your family and you can adapt it over time to be where you want to be. But you can throw it in there. Yeah. 
Well, so let me just go over uh, what we do so you can get a, t get a taste of it, and then we'll actually do this together, okay? But just so you can see <coughs> what it is we're doing here. So we say the, uh, the grace before the meal and the invocation. We eat the meal together. I usually eat faster than the kids. Um, and so once I'm done, um, I pull out. And this, I'm the only one that who, besides the song, has a text. And the reason for that is I want my children to memorize this stuff. And kids will memorize this stuff. And if they memorize it in childhood, it will be with them for the rest of their lives. As a matter of fact, this is one of the privileges of being a pastor that you might not have, is I visit a lot of people when they're dying, late in life, when they're, say, in their 80s and 90s, and often they'll have dementia of some form or another. And I usually when that happens, I will say things like this 23rd Psalm and the Lord's Prayer with them. Uh, they have that committed to memory. Uh, they, they might not remember their name, or who their children are, but they can remember the Lord's Prayer in the 23rd Psalm. Why? Because they've been saying it their whole life. And so what other things like that can we put into our children's system that just sort of is ingrained in them uh, more than just the 23rd Psalm and the Lord's Prayer? And another benefit <coughs> to that is that if you have non-readers at home, then they can feel equally participatory as right. the siblings yeah. who may read. Um, so we have... When we started, we had a reader and a non-reader, and the non-reader did not feel discouraged um, from participating because, you know, we didn't have it all memorized, and so she could just contribute what she was able to. And now she's able to read and read the lyrics of the songs, but, you know, it's a progression, and so I think that helps also with making it inclusive for your family. So we tried to use the regular Bible... And I felt like it was just going over my kids' heads. We'd read for years Sally Lloyd-Jones' Jesus Storybook Bible, which most of you have. I mean, it has like 50 stories. So after a while, I got bored of it, and so did my kids. Uh, because we just sort of like, I mean, we'd read one every day. And so every month and a half, you're kind of, you, you're going through it again. Um, and the we, real Bible has so much that is illicit oh, right. <laughs> that I don't want my kids reading yet. I started putting so. together a chart of like which sections to skip. It was driving me crazy. <laughs> so, we, we ended up finding this old-timey, uh, I think it's probably from the 50s or 40s, um, Bible. Uh, it doesn't say the original publication date. Um, by this woman named uh, Elise, I think Elise, Eggermeyer. Yeah, no, Elsie <laughs> Eggermeyer. Uh, this, the, the illustrations are terrible. Um, but our daughters love looking at them. I mean, like this. And it has this sort of old-timey language to it, but it has 360 or so Bible stories. So it actually covers from Genesis to Revelation pretty well. There's no heresy as far as I can tell in here. Some of the things are not the way I would word it or the emphases, but it's the best next thing we found as an intermediary step between something like the Jesus Storybook Bible and the actual Bible. My goal is not to remain here. You know, this is sort of, if you uh, know teaching language, this is scaffolding to get to the next step um, so that eventually we will read the Bible. But they're learning the stories. And here's the thing, not much discussion because my main goal at this age, now if you have teenagers, you might want to have more discussion. The main goal at this age is for them to learn the stories. They sometimes ask questions, and I'll leave some blank space after I read it to see if anybody says anything. 
I often, often comment. Holly will comment, <laughs> and that stimulates a very short discussion. If I notice anything in the passage that I feel like is speaking to any particular sins in our family, <laughs> I might point that out. Um, but I mean, but, even for me, like, you know, it's a different telling of the Bible, and it's, you know, there, there are stories that we hear so often on Sundays, but so many in the Bible that we don't actually hear often. And so for me, it's been fun to point out, like, I wonder why that happened or why would Jesus do that? Or, you know, and so I think a big part of family worship or devotional gathering or whatever you want to call it is, is just the fact that we can share in the learning process with our kids. So I would exhort you and encourage you that you don't need to do this only when you feel fully competent and you have every answer to every question. And in fact, it's better, I think, to share with our children our curiosity and our wonder at what God has done or, or you know, our, that we're perplexed by something or that we're shocked by it. Um, I think that's good to share because they should be having the same response. And we want this to be a lifelong thing, not just for our children, but for us. That's the other thing is we've gotten a ton out of this, all and I. It's not just for our kids. It really ministers to us every day just as powerfully. Um, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, you don't need to have all the answers to start doing something like this. It might be more powerful to say, you know what, I don't know, but I know I can find the answer, and I might, might do that with you. Um, the most common response to most stories, doesn't happen every day, but I'd say one out of every five, is that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Um, after the Bible reading, we do one of three memorized responses, and those are the next pages. There are three things that I want my kids to memorize. They've got it down, but we just keep doing it to just to ingrain it in them so deeply that it will never leave them. That's the Apostles' Creed, the Lord, uh, the 23rd Psalm, and the Lord's Prayer. Three things, two times a week. Uh, Monday, Thursday for the Apostles' Creed, Tuesday, Friday for the 23rd Psalm, Wednesday, Saturday for the Lord's Prayer. After that, we're using what's called the New City Catechism. <clears throat> the one, re one thing I would really like about this is there are 52 questions. There are other catechisms out there that you could use. You don't have to use this. Um, but because there are 52, and each question has a, an adult a lengthier version and a shortened version for children and the shortened version is highlighted in the book you can find this for free online and not only do I like this because there's the kids version of each question and there are 52 so you can go through it once a year but there are also songs that they produce and, and so they'll learn things better when they sing stuff often so we do one question a week maybe two questions for two weeks let me explain that the um, Gospel Coalition who publishes this in their, um, you can find this easily online through Bandcamp or on their website with the music. Sometimes they'll do two questions together. That's too much for the kids to learn in one week, we found. So we'll do those two questions if the song is two questions for two weeks. It still gets us through in 52 weeks. Are you tracking with me? Mm -hmm. So we, we kind of follow the, what the song is doing. Um, and honestly, sometimes we don't really get it in a week, but I think because we have the long-term goal of continuing this, like lifelong. you know, yeah, we'll, we'll do it again next year and it'll just become more familiar as time goes on. So like on yesterday, Matt was like, girls, come on, sing along. Like Today's Saturday. we gotta, we gotta <laughs> memorize this. This is our last chance, <laughs> no. you know? So, I mean, it's not like our kids 
have all of this memorized at the end of the week every time. Um, sometimes they're short questions, sometimes they're longer questions. Right. And just yeah, yeah, you, 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 the, the thing that's great about it is you don't need that book. It's all available for free on app or online, a Bandcamp, or on their website for the music. And I want to see if we can get it on a CD, just because then you can stick it in your car and... If anyone yeah. knows how to burn CDs, which we don't. <laughs> um, so, uh, I used to, like, back in the 90s. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah. Is there a difference between this catechism and the one that it's both based on the Westminster Catechism. Uh, that is more um, word for word corresponding, whereas this is condensed into 52 questions that covers the essence of it. And the and it's sort of um, and that that's the thing is they're trying to get people to actually do it, right? And but it, but it's it's very similar content. She's talking about ask me who, which our kids have in the car, so. At first, when we started doing the New City Catechism, they got confused because the songs aren't exactly the same. There are 120 something if you go with Ask Me Who, so it would be more difficult. So I think very pragmatically, as you can see, I'm very um, organized. So I think it systematically, and so this is more attractive to me. Whereas if you're a little bit more Type B, maybe you'd like Ask Me Who. And we um, listen to Ask Me Who a lot in the car because yeah. I'm more Type B. <laughs> <laughs> So after that, we do memory verses, which we also sing. We found this uh, family. You're going to listen to this stuff, and you're going to think, you know, as I often used to, the, you know, the production quality of this stuff is not my it's fave. It's a dorky. It's dorky. But it gets it across. And the it gets in your head. The Harrow really family or something, they the sing, the, sing the word, and they have a website. You can find all their songs for free on YouTube uh, to stream it. Um, I just have to mute it before the ad comes on. It's always Liberty Mutual, but you can skip the ad after five seconds. Well, and both of these forms of music, of, of worship, have children singing in them, as well as adults, and so I yeah. think that also helps with the culture of what you're doing. So we've just been using their Sing the Word A to Z, which has 26 songs, kind of perfect. We could do it twice in a year. We'll probably expand eventually, but I just haven't done the work to get the get it sorted out so we're, we're we've gone through this a couple times before and one thing about this that I have been amazed by because when you first start I mean you don't really know it's like planting a seed you haven't seen before you don't quite know what's going to come up out of the ground and um, with the sing the word it's been really neat like the girls they'll hear something we memorize being read in the lectionary and they'll go mom mom and so it, it gives this like personal connection to the worship that they have on Sundays, which oh, yeah. is really cool. I've noticed, and it's not perfect, but our kids' participation on Sunday has dramatically improved their ability to sit through church and actually participate. Again, it's not perfect. They do a lot of drawing, but often when they're drawing, they're drawing the things that they're hearing. It took me a while to recognize that, that they're not actually zoning out. They're paying attention in their own way. But their behavior in church has improved because this is just what we do do on a daily basis so when we come to church it's not abnormal for them um, and so therefore they're they're getting more out of church so we memorize scripture and then after that uh, we so we do one scripture verse a week one catechism or two depending on the song a week after that uh, we do a song of the week now the the uh, our music folks here have put together uh, you should know about this if you don't Spotify accounts there's one for our morning music and one for our 11 a.m. refectory and 5 o'clock music. 
their playlist of the type of music that you'll hear in church on Sunday. So if you come in the morning, uh, you could use the hymns to organ music and stuff, uh, and it's free. You can stream it online. Or if you come to 11 a.m. Refectory or the 5 o'clock, there's the more modern music. We use that. Um, I might branch out a little more to some of the other stuff because our kids might do the children's choir. Um, but the thing that's good about that is they're hearing throughout the week the music that they're going to hear on Sunday. And so that they complement each other. Um, so that's what we use. We do one a week. I found this part to perhaps be the biggest blessing for our family. Because I mean, the kids sing are singing it all day it long. All day like long. Just you know, someone's in the bathroom and you hear it coming out, you know, and um, like we were walking in McWain in the stairwell and I just found myself singing the song we sang that morning because it just, it just gets in your head and it's such a gift. It, yeah. it really is. And then we do, after that, unrehearsed prayer together. I just say, I've got to a point where I say, let's pray. It's often uh, similar rotations. Zoe usually says the same types of stuff. Eden Polly usually says something. <laughs> Eden doesn't want to pray at all. And then I end us, and usually Simeon is screaming the whole time. And uh, usually, if he's not if he's not already gotten out of his high chair from screaming, then he's well. If he is, if he has gotten out of his high chair from screaming, he's usually pooping in the other room <laughs> or getting into trouble. So like I'm a little more distracted and whatnot. So I mean, and there are mornings where I feel like Matt and I are like not enough coffee in the world, you know and. So there are mornings like that, but there are also mornings where yeah. it feels really good and where Simeon like will kind of chirp during the prayer or um, it's just not as stressful and overwhelming, but some mornings it is. So. And, you know, I think it's been a, a, a test for me to stick with it in those moments, to not pull the ripcord, but just but this is what we're doing. <laughs> I'm going to block you in your pack and play prison for now while we try to pray. Or sometimes, you know, I'll be, like, wiping Simeon down and dealing with something while we're all singing. And so it's not like we're all just, like, halos and, you know. But uh, for a while, we didn't do the unrehearsed prayer because I felt like our kids weren't ready for it. Um, but I've tried to uh, really, you know, pastor them to, to do this. I need to probably spend some time with them talking about it a little bit more. Um, but I think long-term... Uh, that's one of the places where you know the the, the, um, the the fact that they're actually praying with their own words and pouring their hearts out to God is is probably even more important than the song. I see the fruit of the song uh, throughout the day, but that place of the uh, trying to get them to participate in the unrehearsed prayer, um, you know, is, is important. You're seeing the faith actually, the fruits of the faith in them, um, it, you know. There's more we could say about that, but anyway, there you have it. And then the and then I say a blessing at the end. It's the same thing, Aaron's blessing. Uh, and then uh, okay, well, that's it. Let's and that do takes, it. What twenty minutes? Tops. So it sounds like a lot, minutes. but it yeah maybe. Spend more time explaining it than it'll take to do. Yeah. So here's what we're gonna do. Put it all aside except for the. This will be at the end. All glory be to Christ. Because I want you to experience what our children experience, which is not having the text in front of you. Okay. Um, so we, uh, after we eat the meal, I, um, yeah, if you don't have it, you can come get it. Um, after we eat the meal, I read the story at the table. This is the one we read yesterday, so I'll just read this one. Uh, 
Uh, I usually say, are you ready? The kids, make sure. Do you need to get up and do anything? Sometimes I'm usually still eating. Yeah. Yeah, we're ready. Okay. Peter and John in prison. When the priests and Sadducees heard Peter and John preaching that Jesus had been resurrected from the dead, they were very disturbed. They had paid the Roman soldiers to keep quiet about this. Now, here were Peter and John telling it publicly. This teaching must be stopped, the rulers cried, until they could decide what to do. They they had Peter and John put in prison. The next day, Peter and John were brought before the same chief priests and rulers who had tried Jesus. These men began questioning Peter and John by saying, By what power or in what name did you do this miracle? Peter was not afraid to answer. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he said boldly. Then he asked the rulers, Are we being tried because this crippled man has been healed? I declare to you that this man was healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and God raised from the dead. The rulers looked on in amazement. They saw the man who had been crippled standing with Peter and John. His face beamed with joy and happiness. Because the chief priests and rulers did not know what to do, they sent Peter and John out while they discussed the matter. What shall we do with these men? They asked one another. This is a great miracle they have done, and all the people of Jerusalem know about it. We cannot deny it. But let us make sure this teaching does not spread among the people. We can threaten Peter and John so they will not uh, speak to anyone in the name of Jesus again. The prisoners were led back and commanded to teach no more in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John would not promise to obey. They said, Judge for yourselves whether it is right for us to obey you rather than God. We cannot keep from telling about the wonderful things we have seen and heard. Before letting the two go, the rulers threatened to punish them severely if they were caught teaching in Jesus' name. At once Peter and John went to their friends and told them what had happened. Together they prayed, Lord, you are God. You have made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. The rulers gathered against thy son, Jesus. Now, Lord, they have threatened us. Grant us boldness that we may speak thy word. Give us thy power to heal and do wonders in the name of Jesus. And and the place where they met was shaken. Again, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. When we read this, our daughter had been reading a book about earthquakes. And so she was like, was that like an earthquake? You know? So it's neat how God will work what is going on in your lives into the stories, too. So I'll leave some space, see if anybody talks a minute or two, and then I'll do the, the memorized thing for the day. So don't look at it. I'll say, today we're going to do the Apostles' Creed. Uh, so try to say it with me if you can. Uh, well, well, I don't use the same version we use in the morning. Let's see. Let's see if you can do the 23rd Psalm. So we'll do the 23rd Psalm because this is the King James Version that most people know. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.
<laughs> by the way, I said this last time if you weren't here. To get them to the place where they could say that from memory, at first I had to feed it to them line by line for about a week. Like repetition. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, Echo. the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I shall not want. And then making it longer and longer day by day. Then we do a catechism question. I read it once and see if they can respond, and then we sing it. So we'll do that. Uh, see if you can hear it and then say it back to me. So the first question is, what is our only hope in life and death? And the answer is that we are not our own, uh, uh, but belong to God. So that we are not our own, but belong to God. So I'll say to you, what is our only hope in life and death? That we are not our own, but belong to God. And then we sing it. So see if you can pick it up and sing it too. just go immediately to our um, I'll just do the first song and let's sing the word from A to Z is all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God's Roman 223 see if you can it's pick it up it's pretty funny too. just because it's like a sad topic right but it's like <laughs> <laughs> written by Paul in Romans 3, 23. All have sinned. All have sinned. And fall short. And fall short. All have sinned and fall short. Of the glory of God. That's the word of the Lord. And it's written by Paul in Romans 3, 23. All have sinned. So one of the perks of that is we have a CD too, so we would listen to it in the car and at home, so it's just more... 
So I have a growing collection of songs, and basically I just have a sheet and enough copies for us and the kids. And so I pull out, it's the only thing that I give them a text to. And like I said, we do uh, a song of the week, and we have been doing this week a song called All Glory Be to Christ, which is to the tune of Old Lang Syne. <laughs> so you should be able to pick it up really quickly. You have the text there. Let's is sing it together. Is that, I, it sounds funny, but it's actually, I think it's really good. Nothing of our efforts in no legacy survive unless the Lord does raise the house in vain, its builders strive. To you who boast tomorrow's gain, tell me. What is your life? A mist that vanishes and don't all glory be to Christ. All glory be to Christ our King. All glory be to Christ. His ruling reign will ever sing. His kingdom come on earth as is above, who is himself our daily bread, praise him, the Lord of love. Let living water satisfy the thirsty without price, we'll take a cup. Oh, glory. 
glory be to Christ. His rule and reign will ever sing. All glory be to Christ. I will say about this song, it's been really powerful to hear our eight-year-old. For some reason, this verse is caught maybe the most in our head is um tell me what is your life a mist that vanishes at dawn all glory be to christ like that's what she's been repeating like when she's just distracted and doing things and to have like your eight-year-old saying that to you essentially is just really powerful as a reminder of that we're eternal beings intended for an eternal life and yet we have so many momentary things that feel like the end of the world you know or that they're all that matters but to be reminded that life is like a mist um so after that we do uh extemporaneous unrehearsed prayer i'm not going to do that with you just because we have three minutes left uh i would like to but we've taken too long i do want to leave some time if anyone has any questions but before that what after we say the prayer i say the blessing usually rushed the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you the lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace amen it feels like this basically <laughs> so we got like three minutes i'm gonna dart uh pretty soon uh but uh maybe holly can stick around for a little bit if anyone wants to come up and talk to her about any of this but any questions comments do your memory verses go along this track list? Is that what this yeah, is? Yeah, so that is the lyrics from the folks uh, who put out the Sing the Word. You can find that on their website. And that's that's how we memorize the scripture. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that the first song? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. right. And your oldest, your oldest child is eight? Is eight. <coughs> and they have, they have all of them memorized, but we've done it. We've played it in the car, and we've gone through it already almost yeah. twice. Yeah, maybe. I'm just trying to figure out how to adapt this a little bit for older. And there's a lot of, I think you can just search for like scripture to music and you can find different versions. If you have a musically oriented child, you could ask them to put it to music, make up something. I think a dream of ours would be eventually we're not streaming stuff, but like the kids know music. Like pulling out a ukulele or something. (laughs) We're just not there yet. Shane and Shane is a band, I don't know if they're still around or not, but they have a whole seat, it's nothing but songs, and it's like directly just songs set, set straight to music. Mm-hmm. That might be better for like an older kid. Yeah. Or maybe less singing for older kids. <coughs> we've listened a lot, and I just have it on loop in the car a We haven't had right? we haven't really we don't really do a lot of sleepovers, but we um, oh, we kids, do have sorry. friends who will come and join us for breakfast. We had my father in law, who's kind of deist, um, join us. We've had some folks from the church come and sit do with you us. Feed them or yeah, you well, we just do no, the same thing we did. Same. Yeah, we don't get, change it. Just what we did with you. Um, uh, two things about that: if they're not Christians, hopefully we're bearing witness to something for them. That usually they are kind of like moved by it um or if they are christians hopefully 
it's uh, instructive or who knows what edifying by the way uh to any of the dads in particular here any of you if you'd ever like to come to our house for breakfast and, and do this with us i invite you um i don't know i'm just gonna uh run out of time but to dads first of all i think that we need to be the ones to take charge in this department if your husbands are not going to moms you do it but dads uh i think this would be you know a place where you can really take charge to do something like this if, if you would like help i'm happy to help you i think that for our family this has been the kind of thing that allows us to have the type of thing described in deuteronomy 6 where you're talking about it all day because we take the 10 to 15 minutes every day deliberately to do something like this as holly said the songs come up the memory verses and whatnot I have to go up and officiate the service. I put that out there. Matt at cathedraladvent.com. Email me. Let me know. Happy to have you come over. Holly can stick around to answer any questions. Go in peace, love, and serve the Lord. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.